What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. And we've got a new World Series champion. It's been a great week in sports. The Texas Rangers won their first World Series in franchise history. The James Harden saga finally over. The NFL cruising along as it does. Um, but before we get into anything, just want to say if you're new to the channel, uh, you know, looking at some of the analytics, a lot of our watch time comes from non-subscribers. So if that's one of you, make sure to drop a subscribe. Uh, drop a subscribe. I don't even. I feel like that doesn't sound good. Make sure to subscribe. I'll like go it. with that. Drop a subscribe. Why not? Um, we greatly appreciate it. Trying to get to 100 subs by the end of the year. I think we're 18 away now, so we're creeping close. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, if you're watching this and you're not subscribed, make sure to subscribe for uh, the best weekly content in sports, if I do say so myself. Um, but jumping right in, we're going to talk about the World Series first. MLB season came to a close last, last night as, a, you know, this was just a, a dominant performance from the Rangers throughout the World Series. They win 5-0, win in five games. Uh, the pitching for them was just phenomenal throughout. Nate Evaldi, six scoreless last night. Marcus Simeon, home run. Corey Seager wins World Series MVP. Um you know, at one point, this Rangers team was collapsing during the regular season, now World Series champions. Your thoughts on the series and and just this Rangers team as a whole. I mean, just a, a special group of talent. Yeah, I mean, we doubted them. I doubted them from the beginning. But they just kept on going, and this lineup just can prove to be as elite as it showed at times in the regular season. We can't even say the whole regular season because, you know, it graded out very well. But there were times, like you said, where it looked like, they were one of the worst teams in baseball. Like they, their bullpen was bad. The the starting pitching had fallen off, and the lineup wasn't as hot anymore. And it's like, it's incredible to see a team go through this many ups and downs in an 162 game season, kind of barely fall into the playoffs, um, and then, you know, just get hot at the right time. Like Corey Seager is incredible. We've seen this like twice before, but really every time he's in the playoffs, you know, like. He can he can be dangerous at any time. Um, and outside of him, everyone just overperformed, it seemed like. We talked about Evan Carter a little bit. He had a pretty great series as well. Obviously, Adolis Garcia was incredible until he got hurt. Um, and then, you know, we can talk about the lineup as well, like Simeon getting hot, the back of the lineup being really good as well. But what really stood out to me was the starting pitching and, and the bullpen. I mean, this became like a one, two, three in the bullpen that no one wanted to face. We saw Andrew Heaney just eating up innings like a monster. Like, <laughs> I don't really like, I, I guess I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but I know most names and Andrew Heaney is not a name I've heard uh, too much. I mean, his stats aren't bad or anything, but like for him to perform, it's just like, that's a luxury that not a lot of teams have. Like you see the Phillies going to Craig Kimbrell, who's one of the most known players. <laughs> game and he just like can't get it done at all and you see some of these guys for texas that are i'm sure being paid nowhere near and are not even close to as well known as a guy like craig kimbrell and they're just they were able to reform even chapman who like it's a bit of a roller coaster every time he finds his way on the mound um yeah. he <laughs> like he was doing pretty well i mean there's just there's not enough you can say and like this rangers team kept strong they didn't really trash talk that much which I kind of respect because it even the Phillies at a certain point, it felt like everyone was being too cocky and then that kind of derailed them. And then saw Gallon tweeting or I mean, he obviously performed really well last night, but like he tweeted yeah. something about like making fun of Phillies fans. Just like, dude, why are you doing that? You're in the world. <laughs> like, Not to be able to mess with either. 
Yeah, also, yeah, also, yeah, even if you were right, why are you messing with Philly fans? Like, you know, that's not gonna end well. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are my takeaways. Like, props to the Rangers. You'd love to say, like, there's no reason they can't do it again, but it seems like in baseball, like, something will happen. You know, it just seems like they only can get better from here. With, I mean, is DeGrom supposed to be back by the beginning of next year? No, not the beginning. He could be out all of next year um, because this is his second Tommy John. But I was reading something yesterday where since it's been so spaced out, they think maybe middle of the year to late end of the year. I don't know. He definitely won't be back till like middle of the year at earliest. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I guess that's less of like an upside than I kind of was thinking in my head. But still, like, I don't think this team has anyone that they're probably going to be losing. That's super important besides maybe like a Chapman. Um, but I think he's really just like a piece that you can definitely replace. And I mean, they were the best team. Like they, they just were dominant. I mean, the Phillies had this great run of dominance through the first, you know, up until game through game two of the NLCS, but then they really went cold. And it's like the Rangers were just able to keep their momentum going throughout the entire series they got this done early you know if arizona wins a game like we've seen arizona do this before like you didn't want you don't want to have to go back to texas if you don't have to and they didn't have to and they did they they did their job so hats off to them yeah i mean i think texas was what was it 12 and 0 11 and 0 on the road something like that um which is just crazy i mean they they truly played perfect baseball essentially throughout the playoffs i mean it, it was remarkable um, you know, you lose Adolis Garcia, who was their best player in the ALCS. Not that, you know, they still have it. That lineup is stacked. I mean, they had like five or six all-star starters in there for a reason. Like it was an all-time, not all-time, but a really, really good lineup. Um, but losing him, you know, obviously Scherzer, um, you know, he was pitching really well and is, is starting the World Series. He leaves early out for the series and just didn't matter. This team wasn't going to be slowed down no matter what they face. Um that lineup was just too deep and you know, their kryptonite late in the season was that bullpen and the bullpen played pretty well throughout the postseason. They pitched some damn good innings. Jose Leclerc was great throughout it all. Chapman a little shaky, like you said, but they figured it out. Um, and hats off to them. I mean, look, it's, it's a little weird if I'm being honest, seeing uh, Scherzer and DeGrom go win world series rings uh, in Texas when they were the, the aces of the Mets last year. It's a little weird, a little, unsettling maybe um you could say i'm a little salty but um you know look i i i can't be too mad it's you know i don't know rangers fans like are the is, is it a, it's i don't want to call out the fan base but it's like i don't know is it like a super diehard fan base like i'm not sure i feel like they're it's just like kind of in a low-key spot where it's like not the main team in town but it's like there's probably some pretty pretty big fans but i don't know how crazy the fan base is i don't know yeah i don't that's a yeah that's a good point they're not like known as one of those fan bases like yeah i haven't heard much like talking at all throughout the playoffs from any rangers fans which like i i respect but maybe they're just not out there like chargers yeah i don't know i don't know i don't don't know but um regardless you know uh you know seeing a, a team win their first world series in franchise history is pretty cool so um yeah, man, that's baseball. I mean, a, a crazy World Series matchup. I don't think anyone would have predicted that. Uh, I, if, I, the amount of money you would have probably made for predicting a Rangers-Diamondbacks World Series, like if you parlayed that, that had to be, like, wild. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hats off to both those teams. I mean, incredible season for the Diamondbacks. Um, obviously, just kind of the bats ran out of juice, it, it felt like, towards in this series. I mean, they had some moments, but 
Yeah, it's tough. Zach Allen, I mean, he six no-hit innings yesterday. Shout out to him. I mean, pretty incredible. But, yeah, uh, shout out to Texas. Um, that's kind of all I got to say. I'm, I'm excited now. I'm going to be off season. My Mets are back alive. Now is this is where we we thrive is when we spend our money. So, and then when we actually play baseball, it's terrible. So, <laughs> enjoy these next three months while they last because once that first pitch is thrown by uh, Kodai Sanga on opening day next year, it's all going to go downhill. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to enjoy the my, – my real season starts now. So, yeah. um, I'm excited. Yeah. You want, you want to talk hard in? Yeah, yeah. You can uh, – why don't you – this is your your thing. So, you just go right into it. Yeah, I mean, okay, so well, let's just talk terms a little bit. So it was Harden for uh, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, KJ Martin, a 2026 first, a 20, no, sorry, 2028 pick swap that's likely going to be somewhere in the 20s for the Sixers just because like four teams, the worst of those. So it's unlikely that all those teams are bad, basically. Um, and then in 2028, I think it's unprotected from the Clippers, which could be super valuable. Obviously, it's five years down the line. But with the age and current construction of this team, you'd rather have picked five years down the line than right now from them. Um, so that's going to be a very valuable asset. And then a couple of second round picks and maybe some other. I, I forget exactly what the details were, but some other picks and things to yeah. entice the Sixers. And um, I guess I'll talk about the Clippers first. This is this is like the last move you could like. They're all free agents after this year. Harden, Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi. You know, it. You know, they. This is now like now they they've traded a ton of picks for Paul George, and now they've kind of traded the few picks that they've kept slash gotten back over the years. Like now they went in again for Harden, and it's just like. I, I get it and I probably would have done it, but in a vacuum, it's like this is the guys like you're wasting all your picks and probably ruining your future. Like, even if this team is to win a championship, let's say, or two, they they dominate the NBA for the next few years. I mean, there's no world where they're gonna still be good in 2028. Like, there's just no world. The only world is one where they start the rebuild soon and then get good enough by 2028, but that's gonna be hard to do. They don't really have any of their own picks. So it's almost hard to see a world where this 2028 pick isn't of some value to the 76ers. Um, but of course, like they got rid of clearly the best player in this trade. So it makes sense. Like, you know, all the Clippers guys were available for the Sixers tonight, but didn't play. I don't expect that to be the case, but I don't, I think none of them are going to start. I. It's possible you know, Marcus Morris and Covington aren't really getting minutes on a regular basis. My guess would be Batum does, but even that doesn't seem guaranteed at this at this point in time. So it really just seems like the Sixers were trying to get off of, you know, PJ Tucker has money for next year. Um, and basically everyone besides Joel Embiid is not under contract for next year, giving the Sixers, you know, somewhere between one and two max spots. It's much more likely that they'd go for, you know, a max free agent, re-sign Maxi, and maybe another guy or two for some money than it is that they get two max guys and somehow keep Maxi, although I guess that's theoretically possible. Um, we're looking ahead very far in the future, but there are some notable free agents. Like LeBron has the ability to opt out. There were some rumors with him in the Sixers in the past. Um, both the Toronto He's coming guys, home to Cleveland. Yeah, he's coming home. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that's not crazy either. 
I, I, no, I don't we, think we the don't, Cavs have any money. They're going to be that's so also that is definitely an issue. That's an yeah. issue. So that's probably not going to happen. But no. um, then there's like there's guys like Clay Thompson. There's there's some names I'm forgetting, but Drew Holiday is a guy who the Celtics may not be able to afford as the new CBA kind of imposes these restrictions on the high spending teams, which is definitely going to be something like to monitor as as the NBA you know calendar continues to go like in this off season, are we going to see the high spending teams kind of have to shed some money in a way that we don't really see the contending teams do, but I'm going to get back to the hard trade. Um, so for the Clippers, my first question would just be, who are you starting slash benching? I mean, in theory, before the hardened trade, the lineup was pretty clearly in my opinion, Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi, Terrence, man, and, and Avita Zubox. But now it's like, are you bringing Westbrook back off the bench when he's been good as a starter and has probably earned a starting role, but the fit's not necessarily great. And like, so Harden and Westbrook defensively, that's obviously a challenge at this stage in their careers. And just in terms of like too many guys that want the ball a ton. Um, And so, you know, it really kind of forced Paul George and Kawhi into these more like off ball roles. And they're going to have to be the main defensive guys, obviously if Harden and Westbrook are starting as well. So it's it's not the best fit, but again, it's like you get the thing you really needed, which was a great playmaker who can set guys up. I think Kawhi and PG, PG is a you know a really good off ball player. Kawhi is as well. Westbrook's turned into a good cutter and like almost like a supercharged like Bruce Brown type role player at this point in his career. Which you know this is kind of what he's needed to buy into for the last three or four years, and now you know he's lost a lot of his actual ability but he's still a good player but you know you wonder what would have happened if he could have bought into this maybe two or three years ago when he was still probably an all-star level player but you know he's probably still a solid player um there's some potential for his value to kind of fall off a cliff with West with Harden here and if that happens you just kind of move him to a bench role and you say all right we're Harden you know Paul George Kawhi and a bunch of wings and I think that's a really good formula and I think the PJ Tucker edition adds some versatility for this group. He can play the small ball five. He can start if you need him to, to, you know, kind of take some defensive matchups in certain situations like the Suns. Like, do you want him to start against a Durant? Like that could make sense. Um, So I think the Clippers have everything they need, but it's the health and it's the fact that the Nuggets exist. And I'm still probably taking a healthy Suns, a healthy Lakers, and a healthy Warriors over this team. Like, I'm going to be honest, I think it's very possible that if they stay healthy, you know, they can compete with anyone. I, I, I'd i have them in that top tier of those five teams in the West. That would be my top, you know, tier of teams that I think could maybe win a championship. But they're just the team with the longest odds. I mean, their best player can't stay healthy, and their second best player can't really stay healthy, and their third best player has forced his way out of four teams in the last five years. So there is some b- disaster potential, but if I'm the Clippers, I'm going down swinging with this era. It hasn't worked so far, but you have to do everything you can to win a championship. That's That was your goal when you traded for Paul George and signed Kawhi in kind of one swing. And this is this is a type of risk you need to take if you want to win a championship. Um, I kind of touched on the Sixers a little bit, and I don't want to go on for too long about this because I really don't think this ultimately <laughs> be a championship uh but i have gone on for a while so just some final thoughts on on the sixers uh side of this i think this really shows a commitment to maxi and his future and his development 
I like the way this team is playing with with Nick Nurse. I think there's potential for, you know, a second move where it's like, you know, maybe Batum and Covington or Batum and Morris or two of these guys and whatever. You can kind of match salaries however you want to get to whatever number you want with this team. You can even trade it to Tobias Harris, who's on a $40 million expiring contract. You can kind of do whatever you want. Um, and whatever that is, someone is going to become available. I mean, if, if we've learned anything in the NBA the last five or six years, it's that stars are going to be available. And this team has set themselves up to acquire one. And they ultimately needed one, you know, after seeing last year, like Harden wasn't good enough as a second option. And maybe Maxi can develop into that, but then you need a third option, you know, and this is a star driven league. You need to get stars. And I think they're setting themselves up as well as they can to do that, maximizing Joel Embiid's prime. I think this is going to, they're going to give it their best shot. And then if it doesn't work out, you can fall back on trading Embiid and building around Maxi, which I still think is maybe the most likely outcome in the next three years, just because it's super damn hard to win a championship. And it feels like, you know, the Sixers are going to have to, you know, shove all their chips in at some point. Um, And if that doesn't work out, you're almost left with having to trade Embiid. But again, we're talking far in the future. I've gone on for a long time about this, but I think a, a mutually beneficial trade for both sides. And I think, you know, good compensation for the Sixers and a good risk for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I won't say too much. I mean, I think you covered it as well as, uh, as anyone out there possibly could, but, um, yeah, like you said, like, you know, the Clippers, they're kind of in the spot where they, you know, it's like, I think there's some Clippers fans out there that are probably kind of pissed off about this. Cause you know, Harden's obviously a diva. I mean, look, you know, the Sixers had him on a leash. He's not a system player. He's the system. So maybe, maybe it was all Philly. It was all Philly. We haven't seen what Harden can do at this point. He's a he is the system, so he's gonna go right into LA with Kawhi and Paul George, and it's gonna be his offense for sure. Um, I don't know, man. That, this guy is just—I think his reputation is uh, not not great at this point, and and probably rightfully so. I mean, obviously, I don't want to make any personal judgments on the guy, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just—it's it, this. This just spells disaster at the end of the day. Um, it's already been a disaster though. So honestly, like the Clippers have nothing to lose at this point, which I think is why they had to do this deal. Um, you gotta, like you said, like go out swinging and, and that's what Steve, Steve Ballmer's done. I mean, credit to him, this team, like they have all the talent in the world on paper, like this should be a good team and will they get it done? Probably not, but, uh, you know, maybe they will, maybe they'll shock, shock us all and, and really turn out that it clicks who the hell knows, um, for the Sixers. I mean, obviously uh, you know, disappointing end to the Harden era. I think a lot of, you know, fans were uh, very hopeful when that, that trade went down and uh, obviously a, a bit of a tough pill to swallow. You get some picks back, you know, according to, to Flight Reacts, you get a, a bag of chips, a half uh, eaten thing of French fries. I was watching some click, a clip on TikTok of him reacting to the trade, which is pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe a few of those guys can help contribute this year. KJ Martin should be a pretty good player. I feel like yeah. he's uh, he's got some potential. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, like building towards the future. But obviously, that team's still going to be competitive this year. Do I think they'll, you know, win the NBA Finals? Do I think they'll compete for an NBA Finals? No, to be honest, I mean, we, they haven't done it the last few years, so I don't think it's probably likely this year. But look, you got to respect what they're doing. They. Uh, I think they did pretty well for themselves, to be honest, in this trade, getting the picks they did. Um, 
you know, compared to some of these other trades we've been seeing with some of these superstars, like, you know, compared to the Dame trade, I mean, I guess you trade Drew Holiday, but like, you know, for how much better I think Dame is right now than Harden, like the Sixers did pretty well in comparison. So um, credit to them, uh, obviously disappointing and to uh, what was seemingly so hopeful, but look, that that's just, I've, I've seen the, that happen with the Mets. So, I mean, I, I feel your pain, Dev, um, you know, but look, you still got arguably a top five player, one of the best players in the NBA and Joel Embiid. So this team's still going to be good. Maybe they can make, I mean, at the end of the day, we've seen what happened with Nikola Jokic. Like I'm not saying that the Sixers are built like the Nuggets, but you never know. Like all it takes is like, you know, could Maxi and Embiid be the next, next Joker and Jamal Murray? Like it's, I, you know, I don't think they'll be as good, but it's not crazy, you know, like it's like, yeah, feeble that they could be, you know, well coached and, and they've got some pieces around them to make it work. So, you know, I think this team will still be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we'll move on in just a second here, but like, I don't think the Sixers championship odds got much worse here than no. they would have been. Like, you know, in some world where Harden is happy or just says, I'm going to play my hardest no matter what, like, whatever, say that did happen. I really don't think if he team- was the system in Philly. Right, exactly. Then you been, it would have been a ticker tape parade. It would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, I just don't think that that's much of a contender either against the Bucks yeah. or the Celtics. So it's like, do I think the chances are great? No. But do I think there's some world where Embiid, you know, finally has this great playoff run and Maxi looks like a great second option and, you know, maybe a trade is made to get a good third or fourth option? Like, absolutely, that's possible. Like, yeah. Anything can happen in the NBA, whether it's just a run to the conference finals, which would mean so much for this team that hasn't made it there in my lifetime. Like that would mean something for the Sixers team, um, especially, you know, with an offseason, <laughs> the team really can only get better. And, uh, you know, Maxi can only get better from this point. And, you know, next year, it seems like things can only be better after this. So, it, it, you know, it doesn't seem like the, you know, sunshine and roses in Philadelphia, but I think there's some potential to you know, write this ship and, you know, really figure it out here. Yeah, 100%. So uh, obviously be very interesting to see. I think more so how how the Harden uh, yeah. and that whole combo works out. I think Philly, we, we've, we've been seeing what this team will do. They're, they're going to be a good team no matter what. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll do it for that. Obviously, uh, as the NBA season kind of keeps going along, we'll obviously keep following up, talking about the latest storylines. But we are going to jump to the NFL um another week in the books uh as we're filming this it's currently thursday night uh the Titans steelers are at halftime titans winning real quick i mean will levis has debuted four touchdowns uh, no interceptions i mean he really impressed i think that was a huge game for him i mean it looks like to me there's no reason why he should not be the starter the rest of the way in tennessee so i don't know what are your thoughts on his debut yeah he looked really good um taking shots downfield, avoiding the rush. His arm just like really popped as yeah. one of those arms. That's like, okay, this guy's like really got an arm to, to compete out here, make any throw he wants. And, um, you know, he had more touchdowns last week than Tannehill had all year. I think that kind of <laughs> says, says for itself. I'm, you know, I think I talked about it maybe off the pie. I forget exactly what the situation was, but I talked about how I ended up in a situation where I was defending Ryan Tannehill and I'm not some Tannehill hater clearly, but you know, you just have to go with Levis. Like you said, he showed potential and um, just, you know, I think every time you get one of these, you know, traitsy developmental type quarterbacks, 
it seems like NFL Twitter kind of takes a victory lap no matter what happens. And it's like, if they don't work out, it's like, you know, all, all you saw was the tools. You're just trying to get the next Josh Allen, whatever. <laughs> He's never good at football. And it's like that, you know, we see that starting to happen with like a Fields or like Malik Willis. So it's like that. That's probably true with Malik Willis. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing, but it's like it's either going to be that or they do work out like, a, you know, Mahomes or a Josh Allen. It's like, well, yeah, they were just way too talented. You had to take them. It's like they're like, obviously, it's really hard to figure out who's just a project that has talent and who's going to figure it out and be really good. That's, you know, the job. That's one of the toughest jobs in the world. People, even the best people can't do it consistently. So I just don't like how it feels like the discourse on Levis is like, you know, when he was in, in first round talks, it was like, well, you just think he's Josh Allen. It's like, no, like he's very talented. He has the potential to develop in a way that Josh Allen developed. And then he falls to the second round. It's like, well, no, you, you know, you had to take him way higher. It's like, what's, what's the middle ground? What can you do? Right. So that's my little daily vent on NFL Twitter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just sky's the limit for Levis. And now the Titans are like exciting because their defense is pretty good. And like, they have Hopkins and Henry still. So it's like they could not this year, probably, but next year it's like, they're not, you know, one of those boring teams we don't want to talk about anymore. <laughs> yeah. I've, the future seems bright with Will Levis. Um, I don't really got much, much more to say. Um, you know, it's good to see, obviously the drafting go as planned for him. Uh, you know, he's projected to be a top five pick by basically everyone. And obviously, uh, you know, falls to the second round girlfriend breaks up with him or whatever that relationship comes to a close. And, now the boys ball. And so shout out Will Levis. Um, it'll be fun to see how he progresses. But uh, with that, we're going to head over to Germany and uh, get things started for these predictions. And what a game uh, the Germans are being treated to. I'm almost upset that he put such a good game over there. Uh, Dolphins, Chiefs, uh, especially a Chiefs home game, like Robin Arrowhead of another home game. That's tough. But um it's a hell of a game. Chiefs obviously coming off a weird loss to the Broncos. I mean, not trying to make excuses. Mahomes, I guess, was dealing with the flu, though, the day before. Um, but Denver's look good. Their defense has turned it around somehow after getting 70-piece by the team Kansas City is playing. So maybe that doesn't bode well for the Chiefs. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I mean, looks like the best player in the world right now. Your thoughts on this one? The Dolphins, obviously, it's a huge game for them. They still haven't had that signature win yet this season. Yeah, um, I'll just start out with my prediction. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Like, I think last week was, you know, they weren't at their best. Mahomes was sick. They probably were looking forward a little bit to this week. Probably weren't, yeah. you know, drawing up any great plays for, you know, important situations against the Broncos because they didn't think it would happen. And, you know, that's that's what happens. That's why the NFL is so great. It's a week-to-week league. Anything can happen. Um, But if you don't think the Chiefs are going to be pissed off and well-prepared and, all that against the Dolphins who we haven't seen play a great team yet. And to be honest, it's like, I just, I think this defense is going to get better for the Dolphins, but I'd never, I don't think it's ever going to be an elite unit. And I think offensively you just see too many turnovers from Tua. Like they kind of got away with it against the giants. They got away with it last week against the Patriots, but you're not going to get away with that against the chiefs. Like I, I expect Mahomes to have a, you know, a masterful performance this weekend, probably put up 31 points. And, you know, even if Tua makes three great plays, puts up 28 points, but throws a pick and, you know, a pick six or something like that, or a pick that sets up the Chiefs to score, that could be the difference in this game. And I 
I like Tua. I think he's good enough. But when you're good enough and you're making more mistakes than the guys who are great, it really, really hinders your team. And I think that could be argued as a big reason why the Dolphins necessarily haven't won a big game yet. Um, obviously they haven't had a ton of big games. It's really just been the Eagles and the Bills, but those have been their two worst performances against the two worst, two best teams they've played. So we'll see if that trend continues this week. Um, yeah, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs too. Um, you know, I never really like betting against the Chiefs, especially coming off a loss. I just feel like Mahomes never loses two in a row. Um, like you said, I think they'll be more themselves this week. It felt like last week. I mean, they were in Denver, I believe, or were they home? Uh, it was in Denver. Yeah, in Denver, which is, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for Mahomes, but, you know, that that's never great dealing with the flu. Um, so I think they'll be able to kind of figure things out this week. Um, it's rare to see Pat Mahomes really have two really bad games in a row. Um, so I think they'll get it done. I think the Dolphins are, you know, they're trending right. Jalen Ramsey coming back, I think, is huge for them. Um, and, look, this team still has got as as good of a shot to win the AFC as arguably any team up there. Um, this is more just so I think the Chiefs are just – I think I think they're going to come out firing all cylinders and just find a way to win this game no matter what. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think this is, this is a big game for, for AFC standings, for uh, just for the Dolphins' confidence to him. And if they could pull this off, that would be a huge win for them. So – um gives you a reason to wake up nice and early on a on a Sunday morning. But uh great game, Dolphins Chiefs. Both of us picking the Chiefs probably didn't bode well for uh for the for them, but say. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh moving along, Vikings, Falcons, obviously super sad. Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles, gonna be out for the season. Um, we think maybe he makes an, an Aaron Rodgers, even speedier recovery than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, maybe Kirk defaut devised the laws of science. Um they trade for Josh Dobbs this week. I don't think he's starting. I think they're starting Clayton Toon, the rookie. Um, but huge loss. I mean, this team was finally, you know, they had a rough start, but they were figuring out. Yeah, they got I'm back confused. to 500. They're starting, they're starting Hall, right? Oh, is Clayton Toon the Arizona guy? Yeah, uh, yeah I was. Okay, I, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Continue. Is, is it Derek Hall or am I? I, no, I don't even know. No, that's the Phillies guy. It's Jaron. Jaron, yeah, Jaron Hall. You know, we're going to pretend like I knew that the whole time. Maybe I'll edit that out. Jaron Hall. So Jaron Hall starting for the Vikings. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just go right right into predictions. What do you what, do you think the Rook gets his, uh, his first uh, first career win or no? Um, no. I mean, we got Heineke starting, right? Is so, it, has it confirmed? Yeah, Did I'm pretty sure they announced thing? Heineke as the starter. Um, wow. So... That's a crazy world we live in. But, like, I just have a weird feeling Heineke is going to come out hot here. Um, And the Vikings defense has been, like, you know, surprisingly, like, solid this year, like we've kind of talked about. But I think with this with this group of playmakers and Bijan back and healthy, I just have a feeling this is a good week for the Falcons. I'm, I'm going with the Falcons. What about you? Um, You know, it's tough picking – a kid who's never played before, um, Jefferson out, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons, too. I think, you know, Heineke, we've seen what he can do. He can win you football games. He's a solid quarterback. Obviously, nothing special. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be this offense. You know, they've got the weapons, like we've talked about all year. And, you know, Drake London's kind of started to produce more and more. Um, you know, they got to get Beach on the ball more. I mean, it's ridiculous how little they're using him at this point. I don't really understand it. But. That's Arthur Smith in this offense for you. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, I'll go with the Falcons. I mean, rookie quarterback who, you know, it's not like this guy's like a first round pick or anything. Not that he can't be good, but um, coming out on your first start and, and balling out feels kind of unlikely. So I'm going to go with the Vikings, uh, not the Vikings, the Falcons as well. Oh, what a treat. The Bears and the oh, Saints man. going head to head. Uh, <laughs> it's still going to be Tyler Badgett in this one. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Maybe not. it could be Bajan. I don't know. All these freaking random ass quarterbacks starting in the NFL. I mean, what the hell has happened, honestly? Like, holy cow. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start us off. I'm going to go with the Saints here. Um, I think, you know, what is their record at this point? Four and four, four three and four and four. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr kind of is what he is at this point. Kamara, though, has, has looked incredible since he's been back. Uh, Taysom Hill, they've been using him more and more. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm, I've been eating my words week after week. So I was wrong. The Saints needed more Taysom Hill. They got more Taysom Hill, a little more electric now on the offensive side. Um, but I think this defense also will just kind of take care of business. I think Marshawn Lattimore, obviously one of the better corners in the league against DJ Moore. That'll be a fun matchup. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints. What about you? I guess I'm going with the Saints. I don't want to pick them, but. Like they their offense did look a lot better. Carr probably had his best game of the year. And like you said, with the trend of us eating our words, I've kind of hated on Derek Carr a little bit. But that's still so warranted know, though. He's been terrible this year. Yeah, he's been terrible, but he did he did play better this week. And like you said, the Taysom Hill thing is kind of working. Kamara looks back, which I didn't really expect, but good for him. Um, and they have a good group of receivers as long as Michael Thomas stays healthy. But even then, it's like Olave's really good, and Rashid Shahid yeah. actually like that dude can play. He's like, a baller, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just one of those guys who's just like a superior athlete and really just a really skilled football player, and just kind of fell under the radar. I think I don't know if he was like an FCS or a D two guy, but he wasn't like a Power Five school guy. And it's just great scouting by the Saints, and they found a real player there. Um, so I guess I'll go with them. They just have more firepower. Bajant looks like he's at least like an NFL backup, but this Bears team is so bad. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I guess they traded for Montez Sweat, which like, woo. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot it was the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, but he probably doesn't move the needle for their defense, especially not like this week necessarily. I, I don't hate the move. Like I kind of implied a little bit, but like. You know, they're going to have to pay him a ton and they probably could have paid him in free agency and giving up another top 35 pick after like that went so horribly last year and a very similar type of trade. It's just I don't know. I It's not the best move, but I, I don't think it's the worst because you're guaranteeing a good player, I guess, which this defense just so desperately needs and this team in general. But like I said, not necessarily the biggest impact this week just because I don't think he's going to play too much, but I'll go with the Saints. They're at home, and, you know, they're probably better than the Bears. <laughs> so, um, moving on, we want to do, yeah, uh, Rams-Packers, not the most exciting game. Another game where it's like, is the quarterback going to play? Stafford didn't practice again, but you get the sense that he's going to do everything to play just because of how bad this team needs him. I, I'm going to need you to look up who they just signed at backup quarterback for me because I, I don't yeah. know, who it is, but it's it's a great name. It's it's something hilarious. Uh, let me see. Rams backup um, quarterback. And then, yeah, so I, the Packers are pretty horrible too, so <laughs> this isn't the most exciting matchup, but yeah. 
I'm trying to see. Uh, I mean, they have uh, Brett Rip Ripien. Oh, oh yeah, Dresser Dresser Win. That's what it is. That I was like, there's no the way names, that guy's man. Real. What the hell? The freaking um, names on this team are awesome. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> um, so if we see if we see him out there, it's not gonna be good. But the Packers have also looked like one of the worst teams in football. So I don't know who to pick here. I'm gonna take the injury caveat excuse because I really don't know. I'm gonna say Stafford if Rams if Stafford plays and Packers if he doesn't, but I'm not super confident either way. I'm gonna pick the Rams no matter what. Um the Packers suck. I mean, this is a ter- Jordan Love is terrible. Like he's yeah. not good at all. Um, yeah, he's terrible. So they're screwed. Um, they're not screwed. Well, they just are. You know, they're gonna have to rebuild. I mean, they're, yeah. they're gonna have to tear it all down, um, which they needed to do anyway. I mean, they were in salary salary purgatory for like the last few years. Like they just need to tear it all down. New quarterback, rebuild. Um, you know, just yeah, just tear it down. Tear it all down. Trade Bakhtiari. Trade Jair if you can. You know, they just extended Rashawn Gary, which I guess is a good deal. Um, you, you know, you probably keep Gary. He's young enough. Yeah, you probably keep you probably keep Jair too, if we're being honest. And I'm kind of just just yapping at this point. But um, no, Jordan Love is not good. Um I just did we were talking about it off air earlier. Like they gotta get I know Aaron Jones is still dealing with his hamstring or whatever, but like they gotta get this man the ball like he's your best offensive player by far um you look at what he did week one in like 11 touches he had like 150 yards and two touchdowns or something crazy like get this guy the ball um i'm like i don't know i'm I'm done talking about this game honestly um the rams i mean they're, they're just rams got good receivers at the end of the day like this team is uh they could compete for a playoff spot if matt stafford is healthy like they they can they're probably not we've seen them lose to you know the teams that are better than them but they're very playing close games and beat the teams that they're kind of in the middle of the pack slash i don't even know what i'm saying we're gonna move on i'm gonna pick the rams um (laughs) another terrible game commanders at patriots good lord um uh the commanders obviously coming off trading chase young and monta sweat so Signaling a, a big rebuild coming to Washington. You got to expect Ron Rivera is getting fired. Um, rightfully so, honestly. I mean, love the story with Ron Rivera. Happy he he made it through cancer, but just has not put up any results whatsoever with that Washington team. Uh, New England, obviously, they lost last week to Miami, I believe. Yeah, they lost by two touchdowns. So weren't able to build momentum off that Buffalo game. Um Kind of a weird one. What do you think on this one? I I actually I'm this is like the third time that we've been talking about a bad game, and I've been weirdly confident in the Patriots. But I, I'm gonna have it's gonna happen again. I think the Washington defense got shredded, obviously by a much much better offense. You bless you. Sorry, I was thinking up. And- no, I'm just caught. I got it's it's a cough, not a sneeze. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, so I just think this defense is really bad now, and. Um, their offense is really week to week. They looked great last week against Philly, but I just think this Patriots defense is gonna have some tricks up their sleeve. Howell takes too many sacks, and that feels like a recipe for disaster against Belichick coach teams. So I I lean Patriots here. I feel weirdly confident, but I shouldn't. Um, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna go Patriots too. Um, you know, Commanders like 
Sam Howell, I didn't even I, – I knew it was a close game. I didn't realize he threw for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. Like that dude just shines against the Eagles. And he yep. is uh, the anti-Dak Prescott, I guess you <laughs> could say. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Patriots, like they're bad, but this is the game that they should win at home. Like this is like – just feels like they're bread and butter. Obviously, Kendrick Bourne going down with the torn ACL sucks. He was, you know, having some really good games for them. So that receiver room just getting weaker and weaker. Um, I forget they have Juju there, right? That's yep. crazy. That is so weird. Oh yeah. my god. Um, regardless, I think they'll win this game. Uh commanders are just yeah, not that good, I don't feel like, but you never know. It is the NFL. Um moving along to I lost track of the games here. Do you have them pulled up? Yeah, Seahawks Ravens. Yeah. Ooh, so first real good game this week. Yeah, it feels like all the teams playing are like pretty even. Like, yeah, there's any huge favorites really, and it's like there are some it's bad either a great games. game or a yeah. terrible game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm looking forward to the Seahawks Ravens game. I think the Ravens defense has almost been like the story here, just because like their talent isn't necessarily the best. Like they have some no name starters. Like Rocky Asin is playing really well for them as an outside corner. Um, kind of a no name guy there. Colts legend. Yeah, Colts legend. I think they're playing something Mallet in the slot, and like he's been really good. And then their secondary, Geno Stone, has five interceptions. No one knows who that guy is. I don't really know much about him other than he went to Iowa. Um, and then the middle of the defense is really talented. You have Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. They've played really well. And then the pass rush has been really good too. And then Lamar, you know, has had some off weeks, and they've had some troubles with drops and stuff like that. But ultimately, this offense has been pretty good at least yeah. good enough and you still have Lamar and like I just I'm really kind con- I'm really liking how the Ravens are looking Seahawks they another trade deadline team they traded like a second and a fifth for Leonard Williams which I think is fair value they really needed help on the interior but probably like a little bit more than I would have expected him to go for even if I don't yeah. think it was too much value um but Besides that, like this defense has been pretty good in run defense this year and not great in the past defense. Gino has made some mistakes, but he's still like, I think he's still pretty good overall. So I don't know. The CX are a bit of a weird team. They're five and two, and it doesn't feel like they've necessarily played their best football, which means they could kind of go either way from here. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens, but I think this is going to be a great game, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens, too. Um, they've just been playing really well. Lamar's playing great. That defense, like you said, is an excellent. Dust bust, throw, rushing for three touchdowns last week. Um, uh, Mark Andrews had a great season. So, yeah, I, I you know, the Ravens have, have exceeded my expectations this year, from being honest. They, they, the defense has played really well, and both sides of the ball, they've been excellent. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pick them. I think the Seahawks are good. I think the Leonard Williams, move, like you said, good move. Frank Clark, they re-signed. Or I guess he played. He played for them a while ago, but yeah. um, brought him back. Um, so they're making moves to improve that D line, which I think is great. Um, that receiving core is electric. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba finally feels like they're starting to get him involved a little bit more, which is great to see. Still feel like there's room for him to grow, but obviously he's still a rookie. He'll probably kind of see an exceeded role as you know Lockett starts to kind of phase out um, down the road. But yeah. Um, you know, really good game, like you said. I, I do think the Ravens have the edge. I think they're at home, I believe, yeah. too. So, yeah, um, 
I'll go with the Ravens, but I think it'll be a pretty close game. Yeah. Um, moving on, Bucks Texans. This is, I guess, two middle tier teams. I guess. Yeah. Um, every time we talk about the Texans, I just talk about how much I like Stroud and how excited <laughs> I am. But I'm gonna keep doing it because I think, I mean, they were on bye last week, so I can't talk about last week. But I think no, didn't gonna... they play? They played uh Carolina. They lost. Oh, they lost to Carolina. I'm I'm stupid. They were on bye the week before. Not yeah. CJ Stroud's best game, but. Yeah. I still think he's done just an incredible job. I think, honestly, like, I'm probably ranking him over, like, a Purdy at this point. I'm probably ranking him over maybe Tua. I, that might be Whoa, crazy. that's crazy, yeah. That, I don't, that is wild. <laughs> I think um, that's a bit nuts. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I, re- I really like Stroud. I just think, like, his problem solving and his accuracy has just been incredible. I, I guess I won't go too far with my Stroud takes here, um, but I, I think he's going to be really good. Um, So I'm going to go with the Texans here, but the Bucks defense is weird because it feels like some weeks they just like completely dominate and keep them in games. And then some weeks like the Falcons pass it all over them. So I don't really know exactly what to expect, but I just feel like it's going to be a big Stroud bounce back week. And the, Bucks have really lost on their steam on offense. Baker's kind of gone back to looking a bit like a Carson Wentz type where he just can't keep his head up against the rush, like can't keep looking downfield and takes too many sacks. And, you know, I think he's still fine. He, like it is what it is. He didn't invest a ton in him, but, you know, he's just not the solution ultimately. So I'm yeah. going to go with the Texans here. I go with the Bucks to spice things up. Um, you know, I think we might be seeing the Texans kind of start to downturn a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, they obviously kind of exceeded expectations at the start. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this team kind of start losing most of the games the rest of the way. They're they're a great young team. Stroud's over oh, exceeded everyone's expectations, I think. Nico Collins has been great. Tank Dell's shown flashes. Um, you know, the only real disappointment I feel like on this team has been Damian Pierce, which I don't even know if you can blame him fully because that offensive line is so terrible. Um, so I think the future's bright. I just think talent wise, they're just not there yet. So, um, I'll pick the Bucks. I mean, I think, uh, what are the Bucks at three and four, four and four, something like that like around that. there, three and four. Yeah. So big week for them if they want to try to fight for the playoffs, fight for that division title. Um, so I think they get it done. I think Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they've been having solid years. Rashad White's picked it up recently too. They've been using him more out of the past. I'm more in the passing game, which I think is smart. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with the Bucks here. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, last week was rough for Stroud, so it'll be interesting to see how he kind of bounces back from that. Yeah, absolutely. Moving along, Cardinals at Browns. Uh, it's going to be Clayton Toon for this one. That's where the game and team that Clayton Toon is starting for. Unclear who the Browns will be starting at this time. Deshaun, I think, is logged back-to-back limited, and I think P.J. Tucker's slated still to be the number two. They had a really close game in Seattle last week that they lost at the last second. That would have been so big for them, five and two. I mean, oh, it's a it's a tough loss. I do think they bounce back this week against Arizona and get the job done, though. I just think that defense is too good for a, a rookie. Clayton Toon's a rookie, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Rookie quarterback with, you know, the weapons are not terrible there. But um, this team is, like we've kind of talked about the last few weeks, like they were playing good. They were playing with some fire the first few weeks. And – now it's what we expected, like a, the worst team in the NFL. Um, so I would expect this Cleveland team to kind of wreak havoc on this poor kid. So, yeah, I'll go with the Browns. No matter who they're starting at QB, I think they'll 
they'll figure it out no matter what. Yeah, I I don't know why. I, I'm not picking them, but I do <laughs> have a feeling that they like weirdly keep it close again. Like they're gonna like I think the Cardinals, you know, their deal this season is they're gonna play a good game or win a you know, upset a team or whatever, play a good team close. And then, you know, go back to being really bad for a few weeks. And then everyone's like, oh, they suck again. And, and then they do that. You know, I think that's kind of the trend. So I think that could happen at some point again. But like you said, like this Browns defense is so good. Um, And going up against a rookie making his first start and not a particularly good one. And that, it just seems like a recipe for like a 26 to three type game. So it almost doesn't matter who's that quarterback for the Browns, like. I don't trust either of them, to be honest. I don't think either of them are good, but they both, you know, have some athleticism, can make some plays, you know. I mean, it's just sad. Like, P.J. Walker is, like, he's a guy who clearly does not have the physical talent to be an NFL starter, but he is doing everything he can, and he's turning himself into probably the 50th best quarterback in the NFL, you know, about a mid-tier backup. And it's like, why is that the same as what you expect from Deshaun Watson? I mean, that's just, like... You know, that's who Deshaun Watson is. He's he just doesn't seem as quick or as like has have as much of an arm. And he just isn't just has lost it. And it's it sucks to see because his Browns team is so talented. And you almost wonder, it's like, what do they even do going forward? Because you have to try to get off of it, but you can't. And oh, they're yeah, yeah, they're fucked. I don't know. Fully guaranteed deal, right? Yeah, it's fully guaranteed. I don't I don't know. I don't know what you do because if you if you tried to trade him, you literally wouldn't be able to field a football team the next year because it would be a two hundred million dollar dead cap hit. I'm pretty sure. So they're screwed. They're they're screwed. Yeah. So I I mean, what a mistake that's looking to be, even though they're like pretty good. Um, It's just. Yeah. So we'll see what happens going forward. But yeah, I'm going with the Browns here. Be very interesting to see, obviously, with Deshaun. Um, I mean, look, the last game he was healthy against Tennessee, he looked pretty good. Obviously, the Colts game, I mean, I think he's still hurt, but um, I don't know. Who freaking knows with Deshaun at this point? Um, Colts at Panthers. Panthers picked up their first win of uh, Bryce Young's career. That was good to see. Um, Colts have been, they've been, you know, they're three and five, but they've been playing good offensively. I mean, they put up last. Every game this season, they've scored more than 20 points, which is pretty impressive. I mean, no one really thought this offense was going to be very special. I think that just shows what a job Shane, Shane Steichen, 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 yeah. Steichen's yeah, doing. Yeah, um, really good job. I mean, JT, Zach Moss, one-two punch is, uh, is lethal. And Michael Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, both having a good year. So, shout out to the Colts, and that's who I'm going to pick in this one. I think offensively, they're just going to be too much for Carolina. Um, you know, they they've – played a lot of shootout football this year, which is kind of crazy to say, but, um, and Gardner with the legs has been doing, I mean, Gardner Minshew, man, he is, uh, he's been balling out. So good for him. I'm going to pick the Colts. I just think, uh, Panthers are, you know, they, I'm happy they got the win, but, um, I think the Colts right now are, are just better offensively. And I don't think the Panthers can go blow for blow like that. Yeah. Um, very rare I made a good upset pick here. I did pick yeah. the Panthers last week and not even a huge upset, but I did see, you know, some potential. But I, I think the Panthers, like you said, like they just don't have much. And the Colts have shown that they can really put points on you. And this Panthers defense hasn't been good. So 
I expect that to be the the big issue here is that the Panthers can't really stop the uh, the Colts. And like you said, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, great one-two punch, great seasons from Pittman's Pittman and Downs looks like he's going to be a great slot guy for the, you know, next eight to 10 years. Like just a guy, I think the NFL like overthought, like I think the NFL tends to do this where they see guys that are really good at maybe a less valuable position and maybe don't have, you know, the physical upside to be one of these, you know, freaks, but like Josh Downs is just like, what was the world where he wasn't going to be a really good slot receiver? Like you just see it with him. Like, even if you you weren't familiar with him coming out of college, you watch him play. It's like, how did NFL teams evaluate this guy and not, not think this is, you know, it's top 60 pick. I just don't get it. Like same thing with Brian branch. Like that guy's just so good at football. Like he's, it doesn't matter that he plays in the slot. Like he makes such an impact and like the amount of three receiver sets you see nowadays, that's, basically a starter like i give me a great nickel corner over a great second linebacker any day of the week like you know people talk about you know a second linebacker like it's one of the big positions on a defense but no one talks about the slot corner like it's important but it's really just about the guy you have there if you have two great linebackers and they're going to be great if you have a great linebacker and a great slot corner they're going to be great like you just got to find great players and i think this is a really crazy tangent i've gone on here like we started with josh downs and the colts but this is like I just think teams need to just draft the best players and forget yeah. about athleticism sometimes. Like in the first round, you kind of want both the athleticism and the talent. But I think day two, you kind of want to, you know, you want to just get talented players in your building. And then day three, you want to think more about athletes that you can develop. But what do I know? I'm just a 19-year-old kid. So I yeah. I'm sure NFL front offices are much better at this than I would be. I'm not trying to, you know, say like, these guys are dumb. I just, I like Josh Downs and think he was a really safe pick. Um, yeah. You know, I agree. You know, pick Aiden Hutchinson, not Trayvon Walker, I think yeah. is a perfect way to put it. So, yeah, uh, yeah moving right along. Uh, big news out of uh, this next game Giants Raiders, obviously, Raiders clean house. Mike McDaniels, uh, GM Dave Ziegler. Ziegler, I think is how you pronounce it. They fired an offensive coordinator too. So it is new slate in uh, in Las Vegas, which is great. Uh, Jimmy G's on the bench. Aiden O'Connell's looks like he might go the rest of the way. So real commitment from uh, Mark Davis and, you know, that a fresh start is coming. You got to think Devontae Adams gets traded this offseason. Um, you know, I think we're about to see a total teardown for this Vegas team. On the flip side, you got the Giants who have uh, somehow choked to the Jets last week. Uh, Zach Wilson, man, 24 seconds. That's all the, that's all the boy needs, you know. Uh but they, you know, I think it's Danny Dimes once. I think he's back this week, if I'm not so. mistaken. So uh, we'll see the return to Mr. Dimes against a really bad Vegas Raiders team. So what do you think with this one? I literally have one reason why I'm picking the Raiders and I don't care. It's because they have an interim coach in their first game and they always teams always seem to win that first game with an interim coach. And I bet that, you know, 90% of the time they just pick a position coach that the guys really like, or a special teams coordinator that the guys really like, whatever. And these guys are going to play really freaking hard and show that, you know, try to give this guy an opportunity to be a head coach in the league. And like, I, I don't think the talent difference here is very much. I think you could argue, I guess the Raiders have more because they have more star power. The Giants maybe have some more solid start, whatever. I don't, I don't care. I think this is a very even matchup probably the advantage at quarterback to the giants, which is crazy to say because it's Daniel freaking Jones. Um, but I'm going to go. Baby. 
Yeah. Danny Dimes. Danny yeah. Dimes. I'm going with the Giants, man. Why not? Um, Saquon, I think, uh, you know, he's 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 been having to bear the load. And, uh, you know, you got to hope, uh, you know, he's been good. I mean, look, he, he was put in a really tough spot last week where they were only running the ball. And, uh, you know, he did best. Um, but Darren Waller out for this game. Uh, I think he's going to be out for a few weeks. Just remember that. But Jalen Hyatt's looked pretty good. Um, you know, that defense, I think, is the best unit, though, in this game. And I think that's why I'm picking the Giants. They've really turned it on these last few weeks. They gave you know the Jets a ton of trouble, obviously, which you know sometimes isn't hard to do. But uh, you know the week before they get Buffalo, I think the week before it was Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo really struggled. So I think Aiden O'Connell, uh, obviously, they like the Commanders said, this, too, who they did well against. Right. Yes, they beat the Commanders too. So that was the game in between. Yeah, I knew, I felt like there was one. Um, so they've been playing really well for three weeks now. I think that continues against Aiden O'Connell. Obviously, you got the star power of the Raiders, but um. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Giants here. I think uh, I think that defense is the best unit in this game, so I'm going to pick them. But I think Max Crosby could maybe set the sack record for most sacks in the game this game uh, this week. Honestly, yeah. yeah. What a what a freaking beast that guy is. I love he Max is Crosby. Double X on the name too. Like it's just like baller, man. I don't yeah. know. He just looks cool with all the tats. Like yep. he's a he's a stud. He's a stud at the end of the day. All right, Dev. Cowboys Eagles big game. Uh, is this the this is the first time these two teams have played this year? I believe. Yeah. Huge game for the Cowboys. I mean, this is a real. They need this one. They need to prove themselves. Eagles seven and one now. Obviously, they're cruising along. AJ Brown is a stud. I mean, wow, is that guy such a such a good player? Um, I think we know who you're picking in this one, but tell me tell me your official thoughts on on why the Eagles will beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I guess there's there, you know, this is gonna this is shaping up to be one of the best games of the year. And I think um I'm gonna go with the Eagles because I think the Cowboys defense has just really not looked the same on the road. And I think you get a great performance from this Cowboys defense. It's hard to beat them, especially if their offense is playing well. I mean, that's true of a lot of teams, but they're one of these teams that when they're at their best, they're almost unbeatable in a way that it almost doesn't even feel like the Eagles have played at that unbeatable level yet this year, a lot of close games. Um, But I just think you look at the matchups and it's like when they had, you know, Diggs and Gilmore, it, it felt a lot better going up against AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. But now it's like, I was talking to my dad about it. it's like theoretically say Gilmore does this great job on AJ Brown limits him to four catches. Like what's, what's happening with Smith. Like you got Deron Bland, who's like not a good coverage player. He can, he gets a lot of interceptions. He, he has a good nose for the football. He's, I call him baby Diggs. Like he <laughs> plays the same way where he's very risky, but he can get beaten coverage a lot. I just don't think that's a good matchup for him or whoever else they try to put on Devonte Smith and Goddard. And like I said, I don't think this Cowboys team is as good defensively on the road. I think they're not as good offensively on the road. I think Dak might have a tough day. I think this offense is still really like simple and might be the type of thing the Eagles defense is able to capitalize on. So I feel weirdly confident in the Eagles, although this is one of those high stress matchups that feels like a playoff game. And yeah, so I'm excited and not excited because I know I'm not going to be in good mood if the Cowboys win. <laughs> I'm just excited for good football. There's like, like yeah. we kind of touched on it. There's some bad games, but then you've got Chiefs, Dolphins, Ravens, 
Seahawks, we've talked about this game we're talking about now, and then the Sunday night game, which we'll get into in a second, like some some really good matchups this week. So I'm excited for that. I'm going with the Eagles. And what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles too. Um, I, I just don't – A.J. Brown right now, he's just unstoppable at the end of the day. And I think this Eagles offense, DeAndre Swift's been playing well. Devonta Smith looked great. Goddard, you got – like there's just so many weapons on that offensive side. Obviously, the tush-push was stopped last week by the commanders. So, yep. the Washington commanders, man, they uh, they figured it out. But, uh, yeah, they're just playing too well. And I think, you know, defensively, they've got obviously a lot of stars. And for Dallas, like – it just feels like the big game, the big game choke, the big game jitters is just what this team is accustomed to. Um, the one thing I will say, CeeDee Lamb, uh, you know, he's turning it on. They're getting him the ball, which is huge. And for me, the X factor in this game for Dallas is Tony Pollard. Like, he just has not – they've not been using him enough. I think he hasn't been in the end zone since week one, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is so different from what was going on last year. So my, my plea is, like, get Tony Pollard the ball see what happens because that whole offense like if Tony Pollard is not balling out like that's not a good offense at the end of the day like CD is still great but you know I guess you got Cooks and Gallup but like the whole offense was like hey we got to you know this team has been built on the run the last few years and it's like if you lose that aspect like it's just not that good of an offense at the end of the day so get Tony Pollard more involved get this guy in the end zone get the ball in his hands and see what happens I think he's the x-factor I think if he's a huge game um, well obviously if he has a huge game it gives Dallas a better chance but I think you got to look to him as kind of the uh, – like I don't think CD having a big game is good enough to win. I think Tony Pollard is a key. Chew some clock on the ground. Keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. And, uh, you know, I think that's your path to victory rather than through the air. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a great game, like you said. Um, I'm happy it's, you know, 320, 325 or 325 Central, I guess, 425. Um, so not a prime time, but it's – still feels like a prime time essentially so um super excited but yeah i'm gonna go with the eagles like you said yeah fair enough um night game all right this is a fun one too uh it feels like the Bengals are back feels like yeah um burrow is fully back and healthy we saw that great play like where he stiff-armed bosa and i saw that and i was just like yep okay burrow's back i have him in one of my fantasy leagues and that was <laughs> i was like all right got my quarterback for the rest of the year i'm good here um so I'm going to, yeah, I think the Bengals are just like, I, I like, honestly, I, I don't know how many games they're going to lose the rest of the year. I think, I think this Bengals team is like really pissed off. You know, they're back right now. I, I just think this is going to be really similar to last year where they really get going. And I don't know. I think they're going to be able to force Allen into some mistakes. And, and I just, I don't know. I just have this overwhelming confidence in the Bengals that I don't really have in the bills. It feels like the Bengals show up when they need to in the bank and the, Sorry, the Bengals show up when they need to, and the Bills don't. Um, yeah. And this is one of those big games for seeding. And even you know, even though the Bengals are looking really good, they still need this win for playoffs just because of how competitive the AFC and AFC North is and where the record's at. They really need every win they can get. So I expect them to come out with their hair on fire and just win a classic against the Bills. What about you? It's, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. Um partly because I want the Bills to lose for the Jets division odds. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if we're being honest, this Bills team hasn't looked great since that Dolphins game. Like, they've had four kind of mediocre We I think they're two and two. Maybe they're three and one. I think they're two and two in that stretch. I know they lost to 
what you call it. Yeah, they lost to New England and they lost to Jacksonville. So they are two and two in their last four. They've played very close football, not good. Um, I, I don't know. I just I think this is the same old Bills team that we've seen the last few years. I think the media tried to blow them up when they could after that Dolphins win, like it was the next great thing, and kind of right back down, right back to what we expect out of them. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, like you said, big week last week. It seems like he's finally kind of back. Jamar Chase right now looks. You know, second to Tyree Kill, probably the best receiver in the NFL right now, I would say. Um, that's healthy. AJ. And AJ, right, yeah. I mean, I guess we got to – AJ is probably number two. Yeah, Jamar right in that top three. But, I mean, it's just – it's fun to see the Bengals kind of back and healthy. Um, I think they get the job done. If it was in Buffalo, I probably would pick the Bills, to be honest, in prime time. Um, but since it's in Cincinnati, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I just think Josh Allen is uh, – I don't know. I'm not worried about him, but like the carelessness with the football just has to stop because I don't know if this team will, it, and I don't know if it will stop, but it's just like, it, it's just, he's just so careless sometimes. He just uses, I mean, that arm strength is a blessing and a curse because yep. at the end of the day, it forces him to feel like he can throw the ball 5,000 yards. And, you know, sometimes that works out well. Sometimes he throws in incredible plays and, and makes the plays that we all know he does, but. Sometimes that means he takes a deep shot and it goes right to two defenders. So, you know, he's just got to just got to limit those as much as he can. And I don't know. That, I don't think that's necessarily a key to this game. I mean, it's a key to just this team's success. But, right. um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals at home. So probably means the Bills win. But, oh, well. <laughs> um, are, are you back in on the Jets, man? I mean. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I I'm in. I think I'm in on the Jets, man. Like, I mean, Rodgers moving around on that field. Yep, it, it feels like I'm back in. I mean, that was a bad, bad game, bad performance from them last week. Offensively, it was a disaster. Um, I mean, they really should have lost that game. Uh, Brees Hall averaged 1.4 yards on the ground, which is not good. Um, but look, this is a huge opportunity. I think. The way we've seen MetLife on these Jets primetime games, I think is, you know, I mean, that open opening night, obviously, was like, oh, my God. Like, that was one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen pregame. And obviously, four plays in, it was uh, depressing. But um, I think MetLife's going to be packed. I think it's going to be a great game. But looking at the outlook of the season, like, even after this week, you get the Raiders. They suck in primetime, too. Oh, my God. Back-to-back primetime games for the Jets. Um then it's Bills and Dolphins, which is scary. Then you go Falcons, Texans, and then you go Dolphins, Commanders. So probably beat the Commanders, Browns, Patriots. There, it's like half and half. Like it's half like kind of gauntlet, and then half like they should really win these games. Um, so it's going to be a big test, and I think this is this is a huge game. I think for them, these are the games you got to win against a team like the Chargers who's good, but they're not great. And, uh, you know, I think the defense, obviously, as it's been, is the key for this team. You just got to limit Justin Herbert as much as you can. You know, Austin Eckler, since the injury, has not looked great rushing the football. Obviously, had a big game receiving last week. Keenan Allen, if you can take away him, I feel pretty good about the Jets' chances. Zach Wilson has looked a lot better this season than last. I mean, that last game, the comeback was remarkable. But it's not just about – it can't be a 24-second – strong performance you got to look at the rest of the game and he wasn't good he wasn't great the rest of the game at all i think he lost two fumbles maybe maybe i'm wrong um, i think he was too 
Like, he's got to be better. Like, last week was not good enough. I think he knows that. Um, and this Chargers defense isn't anything special. I mean, they've got some talent, obviously, but, you know, we, we kind of know what they are at this point. So I think this is a huge week for the Jets. I'm going to pick them at home prime time. I think Brees Hall has a big game. I really like seeing Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson develop a strong connection. I mean, Garrett Wilson has really been playing well. They're finally, you know, not finally, throughout the season. I mean, obviously, I think with Rodgers, it could be even more special. But we've seen how just how good Garrett Wilson is with Zach Wilson, even under center. So I'll go with the Jets. I think their defense pulls it off. And I think Brees Hall, the key, gets in the end zone a few times. And I don't know why. I feel like Dalvin Cook finds his way into the game script a little bit and and gets a maybe he rips a forty yard touchdown for a for a big play in this one. I don't know. That's what the what the brain is saying. So Dalvin Cook anytime touchdown. I don't hate it, even though that's an awful bet. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, the Chargers' run defense isn't very good. I could, yeah, I could see it. I mean, I don't know. Dalvin Cook's not very good at this point, but he's probably more likely to be a healthy scratch at this point than a, a run off a forty yard touchdown. Yeah, that's that's possible. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with the Jets too. Um, oh boy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we both took the Eagles. We both took the Jets. So good luck to our teams this weekend. Um, I don't have much to say on this game. I just feel like the Jets defense is going to really play well. And the best, obviously the best part about this Chargers team is their offense. So if they can shut down the Chargers offense, I think they're, the Jets offense will be competent enough to put up like in the 20 to 24 point range. I think that's going to be good enough if they get a turnover or two and Wilson doesn't play horribly, which he hasn't been. Well, I don't know. Like even last week, it was like, he's not horrible. I guess, I, I guess we're just so used to it being so bad that it's like mediocre. It's like, I mean, look, the jets now they've won three games in a row. Like, and they, the, the loss before that was the close loss to the chiefs. Like, They've been in every game besides the blowout to the Cowboys. They've within with been within one score in their losses. So their defense keeps them in games, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's basically all I've got to be honest. In this game, I think <laughs> this defense has been great, and I'm I'm gonna take the Jets to keep rolling here. And yeah, I guess Zach Wilson's like Taylor Heineke now, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool to go from. Uh... Most hated man in the in the city to Taylor Heineke, so yeah. uh, that's got to be a, a an upgrade. Um, <laughs> that will do it for uh, the week. Uh, is it week Eight. nine? Wow, nine, nine, week nine. Yeah, shoot, fantasy playoffs are creeping up, man. That's scary. Yeah. That is terrifying. But uh, yeah, that will do it for uh, for everything on this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Um, you know, another great week of sports. Obviously, we'll we'll keep in touch with keep in touch, keep keep going with the NFL, NBA content. Um, talk anything that happens in the MLB offseason. Obviously, it'll probably take it a little bit for for that to pick up steam. But um, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, like, and comment. Uh, check us out on our social medias. Those will be in the description. You know, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts at Outside the Arena there. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week on Outside the Arena.